Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you interested in angels, demons, spirits, ghosts, and monsters? Are you curious about their origins, tales, and influence upon history and on the present day? If so, sit back, relax, and welcome to Southern Demonology, the podcast that explores all of this and more. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, all. Welcome back to another episode of Southern Demonology, and as always, I'm your host, JJ. Well, we have been making quite a few improvements to this podcast. Uh, First and foremost, I switched out my podcast distributor from SoundCloud over to Acast, and that was going very well. Then I decided to up my audio editing capabilities by going from Audacity, a free tool, over to Adobe Audition. And then over the past week, I have been revamping the entire website. One of the main reasons was the previous site was tightly integrated uh, with SoundCloud. So it used all of their IDs, it used their API to play old episodes, and the moment I canceled my premium subscription through them, all of the previous episodes, except for a handful, went away. So that obviously wasn't going to cut it. Uh, And plus there were quite a few other aspects to the website that I was rather unhappy with. Um, It was running as a serverless function, uh, which sounds great, but it made the slight a little bit slow. But moreover, it had no preview capabilities when you would post a link into a website. It it became more hassle than what it was worth. So I bit the bullet, learned new edges. Uh, a, a nice uh, it can be used as a client-side rendering tool for a static site actually got created some new lambda functions serverless functions uh, in order to pull up my uh, episodes and I unwrapped it on Friday I did a little bit of beta testing and then unleashed it to the world uh, on Twitter and on Facebook So, it is now live. If you would like to check it out, please do. Uh, It is, as always, southerndemonology.com. I have uh, new content up there. Uh, But anyway, it actually goes over 
my bio if you want to see that links to our brand new merchandise store because uh, i switched out from spring to t public because they seem to be much much better we have uh, of course uh, a new episode panel um, you can actually listen to all episodes straight from the uh, homepage itself if, if you choose to do that. One of the biggest things was uh, I've added a new ta- a new page called Support SD. And if you would like to support us, then go there. Uh, and I have six very simple steps um, and five of them are free there's nothing that you need to contribute financially in order to help me out um it just takes a tad bit of time and i'm talking about seconds to minutes nothing much at all um such as how to subscribe to our youtube page how to follow us on acast um you know things of that nature so um if you know if you've been a fan of the show and God, I hope you are, uh, and you would like to help out, then, uh, you know, go to southerndemonology.com, check out the page, but if you would not mind going to our support SD page, then I would greatly appreciate it, because, again, all it is is involving rating us, or, you know, how to like us, how to follow us, all that kind of good stuff. However, if you do feel like, you know, you have a, a spare few dollars around, and you would like to support financially, then uh, please consider becoming a Patreon. Uh, We have several tiers available. You do get some nice perks, such as early access to to episodes. You can even get some bonus content, etc. So, you know, check that out if you would like. The link is in the description of this podcast, but it's always patreon.com slash southerndemonology. Anyway, we are now continuing onward with our tales of the possessed with an interview with uh, victor that i had not this weekend but the previous weekend um, he had three tales to tell and this is the second one although i don't think the name is mentioned in the interview the person that he met this time around he uh, nicknamed william and this one is a little graphic It involves a very strange sexual type of party or event that used to happen. God, I hope it just used to happen. I don't think I've ever directly addressed this before, but I have never recommended this show to kids. This one especially so. There was a, like three or four pieces of foul language that I bleeped out in this one. But really, it's just the subject matter. Of course, talking about preternatural or demons or any of the things that I normally deal with is not a children's topic. Uh, but this one is kind of hyper. So, so please keep that in mind. At the very end, he, uh, Victor actually goes in and does a little bit of analysis of what the first and second stories were about. We get into a conversation about free will. Anyway, uh, please check out this conversation. This episode does go on for a little bit longer than normal, but this is just the second tale. And then next week, we will wrap up with the very final one, which is the interview um, that involves Magda. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. 
before we delve further, have you taken any special precautions? None other than just my, just my faith. Okay. Uh, just, just the fact that I'm, you know, a, a, a Christian who is largely a Catholic has studied a lot, has read a lot, who prays daily. No, look, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm any kind of, you know, saint. I'm a very serious sinner. Uh, and, and I'm fully aware of that. Uh, but, I'm there with you on that. But, but, but I do turn to God whenever I feel any uh, void or need in my life. That's the only precaution I've taken. Gotcha. So okay, well, you know, I didn't mean to detract. Yeah, please proceed. No, 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 no. You can you, you can ask me anything you need, and I. I've been on this kick mm-hmm. about protection. In fact, when I air this episode, I am going to include a prayer to Saint Michael because mm-hmm. that is the only prayer besides that in Psalm ninety-one that I truly like have like true faith in. In fact, in our latest episode where we went over like a horrific experience of a true demonic haunting that uh, one of our discord members suffered. I I mean, uh, and she actually goes much more in detail and we will have coming out uh, some more uh, in depth. Like if you believe in modern magical practices, what are some things that one can do? Uh, I, I don't know anything about that. I don't profess to know anything about it. All I know is about simple faith type items, whether they be like uh, artifacts, icons, or even just printing out a prayer and hanging it in your room and doing a daily recital of, uh, of certain prayers. Um, that's my wheelhouse that I know of. So I, I was just kind of curious from a personal standpoint. Well, I remember your story about the, the Japanese ghosts and walking by a graveyard. And from what I remember of that show, you, you felt some genuine fear or threat. I, I still do. I can think back because it, it was so, and, and this is why I, I say that it simply cannot be a dream because there were sensations that I felt mm-hmm. in my head that I still cannot properly put into words or even categorize within previous experiences that I've had. It was so far alien to everything I've ever encountered Mm-hmm. That it's I can think back to it and still get the shivers. So like me, you encountered something that you couldn't categorize properly in your mind. When- exactly. But this it, it wasn't evil though. This was just a uh I hesitate to to use the word psychic attack, but that's mm-hmm. the only thing that I can come up with. This thing was in my head banging around and there there wasn't malice it was just (laughs) insistence of you will let me in oh how could you say that's not malice though (laughs) yeah but it it didn't feel like you know it was it it felt like it was just trying to achieve what it wanted it wasn't like to some greater purpose of or, or you know there was no malignancy involved it was just this is what i want you will give it to me. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'd like to talk to you more about that sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. We will save that for another time. Save that for another time. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I have two more stories that I've thought out, kind of documented. I have 
half a dozen others, maybe a dozen others that I have not. Um, maybe I should put these into a book, but um, oh, you should because I mean, if anything, I I would love to learn more about not only your experiences, but you know, upon further reflection, what you think about them after the fact. Because I mean, both of those are highly important, you know, things. But mm-hmm. okay, this is going to be. I'm going to tell the story, JJ. You decide, given the current political situation, whether you even want to talk about it. But I would like you to hear it, partially because you haven't acted like I'm nuts, and you haven't acted like I'm lying to you. And those are important things to me. Uh, Very, very hard to talk about these kind of things without getting that kind of response. So honestly, I have heard that time and time again from all manner of people. Even when, uh, like, you know, we have a Discord. We have, like, 95 people involved in it. And uh-huh. people come in from all walks of faith, and they're afraid, are you going to, you know, persecute me? Or are you going to laugh me out of here? Or are you going to discount these very real experiences that I've had? And that is the number one rule that we have. You, If people are honest and upfront, then you give them the respect and kindness that they deserve. So yeah, it honestly, you have such details just in the notes that you provided that uh, there's no way that I could ever think that you were being upfront and earnest in all things that you've said. So, okay. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. AIDS, when it first came into the world was a total mystery. They didn't even use that term. They used the term grid, uh, GRID, which was gay related, Uh, immunodeficiency disorder. And the truth is they had no idea what was causing it. Well, the two places in the United States that were hit the hardest were San Francisco, and I'll let other people look it up, in Houston, the large city where where I was living. I did not know that. Um, I knew about San Francisco, but I did not know about Houston, though. Well, what happened in Houston really wasn't due to the bathhouses or anything. It was due to the fact that that was where there was a lot of work on hemophilia, Mm -hmm. and there were all of these uh, blood donations that they were going to turn into clotting factors for hemophiliacs. And so hundreds and hundreds of hemophiliacs in the Houston area came down with HIV. Oh, gosh. And, and that, that took years for that to, to get worked out. Now, back then, as they did finally figure out what HIV was. And then I don't know if you've ever read the book or seen the movie and the band played on? Yes. Okay, well, you know, it's showing you the the fight between the French and Dr. Gallo and, you know, that all that knowledge wasn't made immediately available to the right. world. And so it took them even longer to figure out what was going on. Plus the fact that there was real stigma attached to it. The hospitals would come on the news and say things like, we have no AIDS patients in our, in our hospital. This was one of the big downtown hospitals. And the little hospital I was in had a dozen, you know, HIV patients. So as soon as it started becoming, people became aware of what was going on, then the rules started to change. You know, they, you could no longer donate blood. If you were, had ever had any same sex sex, there, there was a, a, a pushback from the gay community because some of them felt angry and stigmatized. Um, when people feel that way, they, they push back. Exactly. Now, I had never, ever, ever, ever 
been aware that such practices existed, but there was a practice where a willing victim was placed in a, a plaster cast, head to toe plaster cast with reinforcements where they were unable to break out of this cast where they could not move, where they could not do anything uh, except breathe. And the, the genitals and the anus and tips of the toes and mouth and nose were, were left uncovered. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the person in the cast was helpless, totally helpless. Apparently, the, the goal of this was to cause as many ejaculations as possible using something like a cattle prod, which will cause the, the prostate to contract and all that. But this what, do you know what the purpose of these mummification parties were? I mean, it, was it just... I'll, I'll, no, I have no idea. All, all I know, I can just ascribe it to a particular ex, particularly extreme sexual practice okay that's that's it you know look back on some of the the photos of robert mapplethorpe maplethorpe i believe that this i'm certain from talking to people in later years that there were mummification mummification parties where the the mummy the intended person came away fine they they were not damaged they were not certainly were not killed but in this one particular time, probably and certainly through malice, because there were people arrested, instead of using a cattle prod, they plugged this person directly into 220 volts, grounded them in other parts of their body, which doesn't, well, I guess it could electrocute you, but really what it does is it cooks you. It, it causes your body to reach this ridiculous temperature. Um, that's what happened to this young man. Uh, must have been about, he was no more than 30. He might've been 25 to 30. And this had apparently been allowed to go on for some period of time. Now, look, uh, you know, your, your audience doesn't want to hear it. So you can cut out what you want, but you know, the, the tissue around his anus and his genitals, other parts of his body had more or less burned away. And he was, clearly clearly dead when he got to the er uh still in this cast and i mean of course you know there was no carotid pulse there was no uh corneal response you couldn't do many of the things that you would normally do to uh check a person's neuro response but it was very very clear that they were dead they were able to you know get enough skin to where they could put some EKG patches on there. Uh, and of course there was no EKG the patient was dead. Now I had talked about recently around what I believe to be demonic activity, the rules fall away. People don't behave the way that they're supposed to behave. There was no reason for this patient to ever be brought to an, to an emergency department. The EMT could certainly determine that he was dead. He should have been taken directly to the County coroner. Maybe they didn't have any particular protocol for dealing with this kind of patient and thought maybe he, would, he was still alive. So within 15 minutes or so of him being there, everything had, that could have been done for him, which was nothing, uh, had been done. The f- senior physician, the senior attending had declared him dead. And I was asked to remove this huge 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Huge cast. Now, I don't know if you've had a cast or not, but, <clears throat> you know, they have the little oscillating saw to take it off. Well, it's meant for an arm or a leg or it's not really meant for something as large as this. So it was going to take a while. Plus, of course, lots of body fluids were present. There were, you know, every fluid that he had had left his body. His eyeballs had exploded. He'd cooked. So I start the effort of taking off this cast very, very slowly because I had no idea really how well this body was going to fall apart. Why I was asked to do this, I wish somebody would tell me. It wasn't my job. It was a job for somebody who dealt with dead bodies all the time. So I started doing this. I'm in a room by myself. Like I told you, JJ, a lot of times I would volunteer to do postmortem care. Not because it was something that I just thought was glamorous or fun or anything. It just was a respectful thing to do. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was, it was a way that when that patient's family got there, they didn't look like they had been run over by a train. You know, you, 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 you knew why they died and you didn't have to have a, a, a coroner's study. It was fine to go ahead and clean them up, take out all the tubes that were in there, take the blood off their mouth, you know, make sure the mucus is gone, put their teeth back in, put a clean gown on them, make it to where when they see, the family sees the patient's body, it's not as horrifying as it might otherwise be. So that's what I'm doing. I'm in a room by myself. And uh, a detective comes into the room with somebody else, uh, a civilian. Now, policemen were real common at the hospital. And we got to know <clears throat> both uniformed policemen and uh, plainclothes policemen. And we knew them by first name. I didn't know this particular detective, but I could tell who he was, basically by his suit and his demeanor and his bearing. And he had a, a man come in there with him. And then, so once again, immediately I'm confused. Now, this happened several years after Gloria, but when I looked at the man who was accompanying him, I got the same kind of feeling. Uh, I wasn't as close to this man, so maybe that helped uh, buffer it a little bit, but he comes in, no facial features really, just a smooth face, much more jerky than, than Gloria's mom, and... Nowhere near as mm, ruthless, it seemed to me. He started talking and he sort of walked over the, to the table. And once again, you know, imagine how you would respond if you found someone whom you loved in that condition. You'd be 
screaming. You'd be on the floor. You'd be pounding the floor for any kind of relief. You'd be scared. Just smooth calmness. And the words he said were something like, oh, and I cannot speak as he did. Okay. Oh, you must be having a grand time now. And he was talking about other people. He'd say things like, uh, I think it was Frida, um, you know, tell Frida I said hello. Uh, she'll be happy to hear from me. And then he, as I was hoping he would not do, focused his attention on me. And he said, oh, and who's, who's this young man taking, you know, uh, caring so lovingly for someone who doesn't need care? And when he said this, I'm sorry, JJ, I'm getting a bit emotional. and <laughs> I apologize. No, I, I mean, the fact that you, you were doing so well was kind of amazing to me. <laughs> he, he, when, he, when he said these things, there was that painful harmonic in the air. It's like it cuts through your head. Here are the things that I'm noticing here. The rules aren't being followed. There was no reason for him to be there. There was no reason for the patient to be there, and there was certainly no reason for the man who came in to be there. The policeman seemed to understand that this wasn't right, but he was that's what he was doing anyway. This continued for a number of minutes. Well, uh, quick question. Was this man was he was, was he, he was apparently the lover of uh, the man? Was he just accompanying the cop was he uh, no 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 he was he was he had been arrested he was in, oh okay. i'm sorry yes he was in handcuffs i apologize and oh yeah 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 that's right there's the um these cases when they notice you when they notice that you're aware of anything they change and so he he had on handcuffs but not behind his back they were in front of his body which of course again isn't the rule his handcuffs should have been behind his back. Every other prisoner we ever saw in there had handcuffs behind their back. And he says, oh, these, yes, you noticed. Yeah, I, I did this. He thought it was his idea, but it was my idea. I put it in his head, said with jolliness, kind of like he was talking about a party or, or something that would happen you know, good to your children. You know, I went to see my son run a track meet or something. Same tone of voice. No, no feeling at all of any kind of tragedy. No feeling at all of any kind of remorse. I find myself in this situation where I guess if I ever came, this is the closest, closest I probably ever came to having a, a full-blown panic attack or mental breakdown. But I, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. There was no obligation to not leave that room because I wasn't going to bring any harm to the patient I was taking care of. And I finally just said, I'm out of here. Pulled, up, pulled off my gloves, pulled off my mask, ran out to the station. The, the physician that was running things that night was, <laughs> excuse me, saying so, the, the, the physician that I disliked the most in that ED, he and I just did not get along. But I was mad, and, you know, it's something along the lines of, you know, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say what I said, cut it out. You know, why the f am I doing this? What the hell is going on here? F this, I'm not taking care. I'm not going to touch that man again. This is just too much. And he said, okay, well, I guess we'll call the ME. What do you want to do? And I said, I want out of here. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to get some new scrubs. And 
I didn't have any scrubs there with me. So I went up to the doctor's operating area where they changed their clothes and just found some scrubs that more or less fit and then stayed in the shower for a long, long time trying to get my mind around this. Uh, when I got out of that room, one of the reasons I needed new scrubs is that I had urinated myself. My, my, my pants were wet. My underwear was wet. And I was once again in this situation of being shaky, feeling like the world had no warmth or light or decency when I came out of that room. And I think that's kind of what I think that was the fact. There was no warmth or light or decency in that room. That was a matter of this had been a sacrifice. Yes, the legal ramifications came into play. Yes, I have to be here in these handcuffs, but it was not a set of human events and it was not a human feeling that was in that room. Now, I didn't have to deal with this particular man as long as I dealt with Gloria's mother because I had an escape route. Right. So I'm not sure that, you know, I, I, I didn't commit his face to memory as well. I didn't, I didn't want to look at him. I didn't want to listen to him. Uh, he didn't, he didn't come and blow in my face. He didn't do things like that, but I didn't want to deal with that anymore. And, and I chose not to. So I guess I could be faulted for that, but other than just being a, uh, a custodian, there was nothing really I could do clinically for them. Yeah. I mean, so why, why was so, I in that situation? Don't know. The one thing that, well, two things that really struck me about all of these stories is that when it comes to Gloria's mom, your description of eye movement was so unearthly smooth. And yet with this individual, everything was just jerky right as much he was he was nowhere near as smooth as gloria's mother he was his eyes were mm, darting like a lizard's eyes dart you know where they 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 move real real rapidly and seem to only focus on one point just for a fraction of a second yeah then they're off somewhere else the only time his eyes stopped was when he looked at the remains of the man on the stretcher i don't know his name I don't remember his name. The, the, the name that I've used in my story concerning this man is William, is the, the, the living person. Mm -hmm. And when he focused on me, and then there is a, I've never been in your presence, but just go to anywhere in the world. Okay. When you look in someone's eyes and if you catch their eyes, you will see humanity. You may not see a great friend. You may not see someone that you're going to love being around. You may not see any of that, but you right. would will at least see humanity. And there was no humanity in his eyes. Bristol, analytical, cold. And when you, at least for me, when I found myself looking into those eyes, it generates a, a type of fear within you that once again, you don't have any tools to fight. You know, I, I, what do I fight that with? So it was a horrifying, confusing, frightening, absolutely wasteful situation. I mean, here was a young man who had died for somebody's sexual gratification, and I found myself having to deal with it. That, that is horrifying on so many different levels. <laughs> I can't even begin to categorize it. I mean, I don't feel like I don't I can't tell this story as well as I did Gloria's mother's story, because with Gloria, I think I, I had a purpose. 
you know, have to protect Gloria. In this situation, I was just a, a worker. You know, I, I, I could not do anything to benefit this man's life any longer. Right. And I, I couldn't even return his body to a state to where he would not appear horrifying if anybody who loved him actually came in to see his body. Makes me, ma- makes me angry. I mean, I, I spent with Gloria's mother. Yeah, I spent some time feeling angry, but mostly I spent just this time feeling helpless and sad about Gloria. With this one, I just I was livid. <laughs> I mean, for you know, for you know, days afterward, there was just this deep, deep anger. Not at the not at the man, but at the situation, at the insanity of it. Like I said, I I, I didn't have any tools. All of this brings up so many questions, but I mean, how there could be such a utter breakdown of roles and procedures is baffling to me. That's the most baffling part to me. And and these are, you know, an ER functions by everybody having a role, everybody knowing what that role is, everybody doing it, you know, in sequence or in time with everybody else. It's an orchestration of events. And of course it doesn't always run smoothly, but never breaks down to the degree that these did. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, if you have ever have had to go to an ER and I've been there a few times, then I mean, everyone does exactly what they're supposed to do. And that's mm-hmm. how, you know, things are going well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So let's, uh, let, let's hear the third. Cause, uh, yeah. Okay. The, the third is a different kind of story. Okay. The, the, the first two stories had to do with a patient who had been horribly injured. And it seemed that someone who should have loved them or should have protected them abandoned them mm-hmm. or deliberately tried to injure them. Um, you know, in the case of Gloria, I believe I, I don't have any legal evidence of this, but I believe her mother delivered her into the hands of the rapist in the hands in the, in the case of the poor man who had been mummified. I believe he was murdered. Um, he may have been, I, I, in fact, I know he was murdered, but I believe that something happened to make his will less important in that situation. And that's a really hard thing for me to say, JJ, in that, you know, the, the one thing that I, one of the things that I absolutely attribute to God is that I have free will. I have absolute free will and nobody can take that away from me. But in the case of this man, somebody must have changed his will. Nobody would, nobody would want that to happen to them. Well, anyway, the- so I, on that, I'm so I, I completely agree about the free will thing. However, it can, while it can't be taken away it can be minimized and all it takes is accepting an invitation and it doesn't have to be a yes or a no. It mm-hmm. can just be a, a mental compliance and all it needs to do is to hold you there just long enough until you realize the kind of hell that you have stepped into. And there's no going back from that. I, I mean, I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy that. But anyway, I don't mean to distract. It's, no, you, I, I, I look finding somebody I can talk to about free will, 
um <laughs> you know you know it's pretty rare and, and well honestly in what what I, one of the shows that i'm going to do um coming up is to examine where this idea came from mm -hmm. it's not rooted in the bible I, I know it came out of you know some uh some doctrine or some some council but and I know, you know, we inherited all of our ideas about logic from the Greeks, and it probably is embedded there, but yet there's, there, there's no direct correlation between, well, here's a, a biblical passage, and this is why we now believe that free will is invalid. Well, the I guess the way my mind has, has brought about that about is you know, mankind being made in the image of God. Uh, to me, I've never attributed God as having any kind of physical characteristics that I can understand. But what God does have is absolute free will. So to me, that's always been the aspect of humanity that is that part of being created in the image of God. Now, that's just Victor theology. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think that I, I think that's definitely one way to look at it. But you know, this is what's always fascinated me. You have all of these different concepts that were brought about by this very turbulent period in uh, in in history, which is Second Temple Judaism, mm -hmm. and you still find all of these nuggets buried in some very core concepts that still shape our world today. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is one of them, but yet. I, I have yet to do, to be able to accomplish the research I need to be able to try to get down to brass tacks on that topic. So yeah, this has always been fascinating to me. Well, it's not easy research to do. Um, and there's another thing I'll ask you, have you noticed how important it has seemed to become for a certain part of society to insist that humans don't have free will? You oh, know, the, yes, absolutely. You know, the, the, I mean, they spend a lot of time talking about the fact that you do not have free will you know you are simply the the product of the particular quantum particle interactions that have happened in you know throughout your life and you don't have any control over what happened and your life is not a result of your free will that's that's a very very popular position right now yeah or it, not that it's directly related but also this concept of you see this some in, in postmodernism, but it's mm -hmm. now been taken into the political realm as well. Uh, not that I like to talk about politics. I'm personally heavily invested in politics, but you know I, I don't want to. Right, you don't want you don't want to turn your show into that. Exactly, but there is this concept now of oh, we're just going to ask questions, and <laughs> these questions have no ramifications. It's just we're exploring it. We're but just exploring the questions. You have made your positions absolutely clear. It, it, it drives me crazy. But just by asking questions, you distance yourself from any kind of moral repercussions of those questions. Thank you for listening to Southern Demonology. Find us online at southerndemonology.com where you can find all of our social and podcasting links. Also, if you have a moment, please feel free to rate, 
this podcast and leave any encouraging feedback that you may have. As always, I am JJ and it has been a pleasure getting to talk to you today.